0: It's gorgeous out
1: here. It fit. Nice. Keep up, ladies. Come on. Just follow
0: my lead. Come on. I don't think I want to do this. I think that's the point, Joy. Let's go.
1: Come on. Uh, joining me via Zoom on Moving Radio today is a two-timer on the show—not a two-timer to me, but two-timers is in. They've been on the show two-timer, and a first-timer, which is very exciting. We are talking about the film Dark Nature. It's going to be part of the Edmonton International Film Festival. You can check it out on Thursday, September 29th at 6.30 p.m. at Landmark City Center Cinemas, as with like 98% of the screenings are at Landmark City Center Cinemas for EIFF. And joining me today is Berkeley Brady, the writer, director, producer of Dark Nature, as well as the second-timer, Tim Cairo, executive producer, and also contributed to the story. Both of you, welcome to Moving Radio. Good to be here.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Isn't it? That's the correct response is thank you. And it's good to be here. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Glad (laughs) to be here.
1: Yes. Oh, thank God. Where else would we be? Well, probably doing much more important things. But, you know, we want to chat about your work because we want people to see it. I think it's really good. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I enjoyed the movie so much and I'm going to really enjoy it. Uh, with a crowd because i think this is one of those films you gotta have a crowd to see it right it just works so much better because dark nature you know i'll give a tiny synopsis it tells a story of a, a support group of women who go out into the woods uh they're trying to kind of confront confront their like past trauma uh by isolating themselves a bit but maybe that's kind of like You know, a small, like, one-sentence summary, but maybe since, Tim, you were in on giving the background of the story, uh, you and Berkey can kind of talk about the roots of it and then maybe address a little bit more uh, detail on the plot of Dark Nature.
2: It's always a question how much you give away on on these things, right? So I I came in pretty late in the process, actually. Uh, A lot of work had been done already. Before the production, I kind of helped step in and guide the story a little bit more with regard to... The metaphorical nature of the story and again i don't want to go too much into detail but i think that's fair to say berkeley i mean you really like we're along for the whole ride so i i should just let you take it and run with it here
0: the story came from a lot of different places and a big contributor was another edmontonian david bond wouldn't exist without him and i always say he's my horror sensei because he really just helped me and encouraged me a lot in uh, making horror and making just like scary movies and embracing that dark side and the love for just like getting twisted and exploring the most sort of deepest, darkest parts of human nature, which is one thing I really love about the horror genre that it gives us that freedom to just explore all those experiences and dark places that people, people have. And so with this film, interesting because in talking about it David really doesn't believe in therapy whereas I actually really do believe in therapy and I had an amazing therapist when I was a student and just like can't imagine my life without her and so I really wanted to look at sort of this idea of therapists who you weren't sure if her methods were sound because I think that's also something that can happen you could have a therapist who's terrible and they could really mess you up just because they are certified doesn't mean that they know what they're doing or have good intentions. And I really wanted to sort of play with the idea of what if you didn't know your therapist was a good person or a bad person or what their intentions were. Then to also look at from sort of a more Indigenous perspective, the idea of land-based healing and just like, of course, you would go to the land to heal. And I really do also believe, if done in the right way, that that's an incredibly empowering, healing, whatever you want to call it, process to go through and that you almost don't even have to do that much like the land will work it on you and so i thought what if you had this doctor who is taking these patients out to do a sort of land-based therapy and you had the the one woman who doesn't really want to even be there and she's reluctant to be there and doesn't really trust the therapist or trust the process and what kind of danger of a leap they of they
2: faith be? right like you know yeah. especially if you you're a traumatized person you know to actually step into that setting and uh, trust somebody that you barely know is asking a lot right
0: and I think the idea of just looking at the idea of toxicity and on the surface the main character has gotten out of a really toxic relationship but like she has her own elements of toxicity and then the group itself when I was thinking about like toxic relationships or people I think like the meanest people I've ever met have been women especially in groups where you don't know them necessarily the idea of a sorority, like maybe it's the best thing and it's a group of sisters, or maybe it's like a hellhole. Like, I don't know, it sounds awful to me just to be in this house with all these other women that you don't know, like it can go so bad. (laughs) It could be so great or it could be so bad. And so I really wanted to explore within the group. And I think actually the script ended up backing off that a bit, like not going into how awful the girls could be to each other, but that's definitely something that I'm interested in exploring.
1: Well, that's what I really, I think, made me even more engaged with the film is because it starts out really strong. like It's almost like an exclamation point at the beginning, but I think you have to visit why these characters are in, like, what kind of baggage, emotional baggage they're carrying. Once these four women with the Doctor kind of uh, head out towards the woods, I kind of like that it wasn't like, oh, let's go on a trip. Do you know what I mean? There seemed to be a, a certain amount of you know, healthy or understandable kind of trepidation from some of the characters about what this would be like, because it, it is about laying yourself bare. And I think that's the, that's the most understandable and identifiable thing about what these four women are going through, right? Is that this is a very raw experience and it's not easy to talk about this stuff, right? So I'm with you. I think therapy works. Sorry, David, but uh, I guess there's everything. There's something for everybody. You know, There's like, <laughs>
0: I think so. And I, I also
1: so. am afraid of sororities as well. So yeah, and that they're not <laughs> nice. a big listenership for us. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. You're to cover my tracks there. <laughs> yeah, so I got you. I got your back, Berkeley. <laughs> yeah,
1: I yeah, mean, this idea of
2: doing a horror movie about trauma is just was in, just very enticing to me uh, and just the emotional baggage that we carry with us. And uh, what does that look like if it's, you know, made real made physical that was kind of the big entry point for me
0: I think too there was the question that we talked about somewhat and of just like how much do we go into each of their traumas and I think you know there's like the voyeuristic part of myself that of course wants to know like the nitty-gritty of what each of them (laughs) them went through but then uh, as a sort of formal decision I was really trying to stay as a filmmaker in joy's perspective we do venture out of her perspective and her point of view it's not a total point of view like first person narration but i didn't want to reveal too much about the like what happened to the others but also sort of to keep the focus on joy but also because i didn't want to be exploitative and make a sort of like trauma porn movie where it's like look at her getting molested and look at her getting this and but it's hard because as a storyteller, like we want to know what happened. We want, And we are voyeuristic. We want system. to like stare at the car crash. So that's something that, yeah, maybe if there's a director's cut, well, I'll throw more in. <laughs> We've worked
2: a lot too about just how much we should portray it as mental and how much we should portray it as literal, right? And um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's, that's a balance we really tried to strike as well on a story level it was just what's the true horror of this? What What's the nature of it? And what part of it is in your head? And what part of it is actually physically in front of you? Kind of talking around it, trying not to give away too much. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, but I think that is an interesting thing. And, and just subjectively, like that experience of having trauma, any trauma, it could be a little T or a big T. It could be someone yells at you in the parking lot. You drive away and you're thinking about it. Like it takes you out of the present moment when you're thinking about the things of the past and these things that are negative that make this impression on us. And so I think the bigger your trauma is the, the harder it is to actually just stay present and be a good friend or be a person who's, you know engaging in their actual life. So I thought just subjectively, how do you portray that in, in film?
2: And in a genre film as well, right? And yeah. make it exciting and entertaining to watch at the same time.
1: We're speaking today with Berkeley Brady and Tim Cairo about the film Dark Nature. You can catch it as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival on Thursday, September 29th at 6.30 p.m. at the Landmark City Center Cinemas downtown. And as an added bonus, of course, you know, you don't just get a fantastic film. What you're going to get is Berkeley and Tim and uh, one other person. I forgot. Okay. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I remember the horrible thing I'm supposed to say about him. I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't remember his name. Anyways. Mike all- Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> Shout
2: out. Uh, producer extraordinaire, Mike Peterson. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and
1: I'm not editing this part out so he can hear it. <laughs> so all three of them will be at the theater doing a Q&A post on Thursday, September 29th. So you want to be there. That's part of the fun of festivals, right? You get that extension of knowing more about the film. We've been talking a lot about what the characters go through, but maybe can we talk a little bit about you know you could explore a little bit more of the character but i want to know uh, a little bit more about the four actresses to kind of fulfill these roles because they are absolutely the core of it even though you talked about joy kind of being the vehicle through which you know the the film has to have some sort of focus on uh but tell us about the characters shania carmen joy and tara and uh just the actresses portraying them and a little bit of like maybe how for you too, berkeley Uh, working with these women to go through what is a a really intense emotional shoot and probably physically as well too.
0: Oh yeah. They, they don't like me. That's for sure. (laughs) Uh, That's okay. That's okay. They, they did suffer for their craft. I will say that it was it was a hard shoot. Big shout out to Helen Belay who's an Edmontonian and she plays Tara. I met her through, I can't remember who someone through a theater contact in Calgary knew of her and suggested her as being like, that she had just come out of theater school in Edmonton and was talented. So I worked with her on a short film that I did and really liked her and it, that, it was a big leap to, to cast her because she hadn't been in um, a feature before or done a lot of film acting, but I really believed in her and really liked her. So, uh, and it, to me, it is really important to try to cast and same with my producer Mike, like just to find that talent in Alberta, because I think there are such talented people on every level of filmmaking here so i think we, we want to like encourage them to stay and and to work with them madison walsh who plays carmen i had worked with her as well on an episode of secret history of the wild west for an episode i directed about louis riel she played marguerite riel Shayna was played by roseanne Superno, and she actually is directing her first feature just north of edmonton in frog lake north of Edmonton this summer so actually she's probably in production as we speak um but she'll be at the festival as well and I just thought she was really cool and I liked her and think she did a great job um she brought a lot of comedy to the role and I loved working with her on on that comedy and then Joy is played by Hannah Emily Anderson and that was someone that we found through casting agent she came from Toronto and has been in some features and I just thought oh she's she kind of lets herself go to places that I think you wouldn't necessarily expect like she's just this very beautiful like woman but she's not like dainty like she doesn't like her acting chops and her range is are, like really big so I, I was really excited to work with her as well and then uh the last one Daniel Arnold plays um Joy's ex-boyfriend he's someone who I I knew he's also from Edmonton that lives in Vancouver
1: yeah, look, if you're going to see films at the MSN International Film Festival purely due to representation of the city, look, uh,
0: <laughs> both Tim
1: and Berkeley have roots Ooh, here. Even, uh, That's true. Yeah, Tim, a graduate of St. Francis Xavier High School, which we've established on this program, <laughs> spent a brief amount of time with me. And also-
2: I learned from the best.
1: I don't know. It was such a short time. Honestly, I was just glad that I got through it. Uh, the next 20 years were much better, Tim, trust me.
2: If you don't know- uh... <laughs> Mr. Zip was my student teacher in uh Oh really? At, at, yeah, at FX. Where he he taught me trauma in grade twelve, I believe, right? Yeah.
1: Which makes me 50 now. So
2: sorry to blow you
1: it's up. That's a, no, that's not blowing me <laughs> up. I, I announced it fully. So it's I'm embracing it. It's okay. I'm happy to be here.
0: here too. It's weird yeah. when 50, I'm 41. And so it's weird when you're like, oh 50. That's young, right? That's young. That's young. Yeah, you
1: just keep saying I'm that right forever. Here. Every every like I mean. bars, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Tim. I mean, you've got some experience already under your belt of working on uh, a lot of projects too. And, and Berkeley for you, this is your first feature. Uh, this is kind of like a two-layered question that, and that for you, Berkeley. There's. I was talking early before we started recording here about like how there were some some hurdles in this one, whether it was location because a lot of it is shot outside of Calgary outdoors. Like that already creates problems as is the fact that you're dealing with such heightened emotional issues within the script itself. There's a great deal of intensity in it. And then you also contrast that with these incredibly dark, dank places that they have to go to outside Or that are very cramped. And I'm like you made it really uh, easy
2: on yourself the first yeah. time. Yeah, Like
1: how <laughs> what, what did you maybe learn the most about as this being your first full feature? What did you learn the most about about going through that experience of shooting uh, this film? And maybe Tim too, like where were some of the areas where you were like, this is where I'm gonna try and you know give a little guidance when it comes not necessarily to like this is what you have to do, but here's some of the things I experienced that could help somebody like Berkeley as well.
2: Initially reading the script, I was amazed by how ambitious it was for the budget. And I I was like, Mike, are you sure? (laughs) And he was like, Yeah, absolutely we can do it. And and sure enough, they did. Um, I think we maybe pared down a little bit to some of the locations. Maybe one of the characters went too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we
0: did lose one character. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So there was little things like that 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 are just, you know come from a little bit of experience knowing that those things make a big difference once you're on set. But uh, largely it was, the scope of it was there Um, when I first read it and I was, yeah, very impressed that they were able to pull this off uh, just on a production level. Amazing.
0: Yeah, it was hard. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Easy for me to say, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's those things that are little that actually make it the hardest. Like being in a remote location, we had our focus puller during the water scenes. He just sort of slipped and dropped the focus pull into the water. But you're two hours from a store and in Calgary, they don't have the focus pull that he needed and they're very expensive. So it's not like you can just be like, oh, let's run in and grab a new one or here's my backup. It's like, that was it for the day. We had a stunt person, the water scenes, that was our time to do it. Luckily, we got two shots of it, but then that was it. And then we're also just, losing a day, basically. So things like that, or even when we were at the water, you had to go down kind of a steep hill to get to the river and just having the crew having to walk up and down that hill with their equipment to go to the bathroom, to get a snack, to move their Everyone kind of gets settled like, oh, I'm here, got my stuff here. But then it's like, well, that may be in the shot. Like you guys have to move. So it's just like those little sort of physical tasks that just wear people out on a, on a long day especially over like several days. So I would say that that was very, very hard. I felt confident to do it though, because I've spent a lot of time out on the land and in the wilderness. So for me, I felt like, yeah, this is hard, but at least we get to go home at night. We're not camping out here. <laughs> like That's hard. <laughs> yeah, You <laughs> yeah. could of that
2: area a little bit, right, Berkeley?
0: You mm-hmm, of- yeah, yeah very, pretty well. Too. And then I do think there's just like the temperature, um, doing the night shoots, that was hard. Because at 4 a.m. in the mountains, you know, in September, it gets really cold. So that those night shoots were hard.
1: As we kind of start to wrap it up here, what is, like, what do you think is the most, the biggest thing you take away from being not only back at festivals, but also being at a festival where it's in the exact same province where the film is shot, where you both uh, have roots or live, you know, and also experiencing a film like this, which it craves an audience, really, you know, I mean, it's, Built for a large group of people to have that feeling to go through these experiences with these women. Talk to us a little bit about what it means for you both to have a film like this at uh, at any festival, and specifically at Edmonton International. It's the best. Being back in Edmonton
2: for me is it's always home. So I mean, to come here and show a film is always a pleasure. You know, there'll be all the local support, family and friends there. So I mean, you can't beat that. And then to do it with a film like this. So, demands an audience, essentially. It just makes it that much better. So I just recently saw it with an audience for the first time and um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a totally different experience. But yeah, to do it in Edmonton will be very special. And uh, I'm just glad that everyone's coming uh, for it and that we'll be able to experience it together.
0: Yeah, likewise. I think it's so exciting. I think to Edmonton especially has just such a strong arts community. So I think it's intimidating a little to play there, but also exciting because I was born in Edmonton and um, have a lot of love for Edmonton. I think it's exciting to think we're just part of that community and also showing younger filmmakers who are coming up like, look, you can make a movie here. Like you don't have to move and live in LA. You can make a really cool, really awesome, if I do say so, movie here. You
1: can. You can absolutely say (laughs) that. It's not any kind of fabrication. I'm validating it. And if you want to disagree (laughs) with me, then talk to me after the screen. Yeah, Well,
2: and the community is growing here. It's 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 really it's, it's really exciting to be here right now because meeting Berkeley on this project and Mike introduced us and just being introduced to this whole new community that is emerging here is like very, very cool. Didn't exist 20 years ago, not in the same way. Yeah. And I just think that it's a really vibrant time to, to be here in Alberta and to be making stuff.
0: And I think that's even like, to go back to your last question, just about shooting in the difficult location. I felt like- we went places on this in this film that no other film crew has gone. And a lot of things shoot here. But if you're not from here, you don't know about those secret little places. And you don't know how to, that your crew can do that. And I think Albertan crews like are tough. They don't like pat themselves on the back about it. They just are. And I've seen it on TV shows here. I see it all the time. Like people work in really crazy weather at really hard locations. And that's just what they do. So I think, to be here and know what people are capable of doing allowed us to sort of push the envelope a bit. So that's exciting too, for people to see like, oh yeah, hopefully they feel like this is the Alberta that they see on foot when they are just out and out. And the
2: opportunity opportunity to show that stuff off makes our jobs easy as filmmakers. I mean, just like, you know, a lot of people haven't seen those environments before on screen or anywhere else. To be able to just show Alberta to people is really cool.
0: And as a trivia point, I will say, if you saw Predator Prey, yeah, that river where she escaped from the bear, that was the same river location.
2: I thought that was the case. Did you?
0: you, yeah. you you're like, Hey, wait a second. Yeah. yeah. And we found that actually, I didn't know they were shooting there. So I scouted it. Thanks to my husband. Actually, he suggested it. So we went down scouted it. And then I came back with um, the locations person and Alexandria. Hello, Alexandra. She's from Edmonton as well. She came up and, um, they were down there prepping for it and they had like hot tubs and porta potties <laughs> and all these people. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how did you get like the porta potties down here? <laughs> oh, like the helicopters dropped them off. I was like, oh, the helicopters, that must be nice. American. But <laughs> I know I will say also they had rented all the equipment. We were in such an equipment shortage because of that movie. And also the one location just above that water, we were gonna shoot the parking scene where they come into the trip at the beginning there, but they actually like totally destroyed it with their quads. And they just like totally kind of like ruined that landscape. Gosh, so they now don't have shoot there anymore. So I just want to say predator prey, you did amazing, but you got to leave those like meadows alone. Like there's a way to be that you don't have to destroy it. Shameful. Yeah. I
2: like the movie though.
0: Congrats on to making an awesome
2: movie. <laughs> yeah, However,
0: you, Be you, nice to you, see those grasses. <laughs>
1: Keep your hot tubs out of there. Yeah. right. Berkeley. The hot
0: tub was okay. The hot tub was okay. But no, it was all the, and I saw the difference in the meadow after. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that.
1: Berkeley, you remember that when you get that sweet Disney plus money. <laughs> right?
0: Save the grass people. No, but it's important. Sorry. Like, No,
1: I agree with you. I'm just here,
0: saying. You like yeah. love the the land. Hopefully yeah. you want to protect it. And it's like, it's not just like a backdrop for you to come in yeah. like ample.
1: That was a half legit statement, by me at least.
0: Disney Plus, hey. if you wanna, want me to show you how to do it, I'll, I'll, I'll come.
1: Yes, there you go. <laughs> talk, to, talk to both of them. I'm sure Tim is good with that too. Tim Cairo. Berkeley Brady have been our guests today on Moving Ready. The film we've been talking about is Dark Nature. I mean, you know, we talked a bit about Prey, but more importantly, Dark Nature <laughs> is really what we want to talk about. Thursday, September 29th at 6.30 p.m. at the Landmark City Center Cinemas downtown. Uh, that's where all of EIFF is happening. Not only do you get to see the film Dark Nature, but also you're going to get a Q&A after with these two lovely people post film. And uh, yeah, you can chat all about it. Hopefully I will be in attendance there if they don't have me doing something else and I'm very excited about it. Is there any way people might be able to connect with the film? Because I know you were just talking about a trailer hasn't even necessarily been released yet. Uh, if people want to kind of keep up with the film if they happen to miss it or if they see it at EIFF. How else can they get connected with the film?
0: Yeah, see, that's, that's the thing with film festivals, right? Like they're playing before we are distributed in North America. And so eventually, it will be on Super Channel in Canada, um, maybe as early as January. But aside from that, I'm not sure yet when it will be released just digitally, but I have learned that they um, don't like to release them digitally because I guess horror films are famous or horror fans are famous for like ripping the movies and just sending them out which i like the punk rock in me like do it but then <laughs> they'll make your muse like please don't <laughs> <laughs> so they're very like they really don't like to release it until all the distribution deals are done so just remember the name dark nature dark nature dark nature
1: yeah or follow an me and i will it. shamelessly uh, trumpet you
0: awesome please do yeah in six months think, later we'll have that answer
1: yeah i don't think either of us are like super um Social media people, a little bit. I probably.
0: dip my toe in and then, like, yeah, eh. yeah. That's I okay. <laughs> You're probably
1: smart. Look, thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on the film. And uh, can't wait to see you guys on Thursday.
0: Likewise. Yeah, see yeah. You there. come on, come all. Rush to the bottom of the pearl
2: gates. Look back, look back in the And each step back, like, get down, crying. Return my man, return.